Homeland Field Division Podcast. Hey there, welcome to Homeland Field Division Podcast. I think this is episode 20 of the podcast, and we are looking at season four, episode four, Iron in the Fire, directed by Michael Offer. I think written by Patrick Harbison. I didn't catch the credit. Uh, IMDb says the showrunners, uh, Howard Gordon and Alex Gonza, but I thought I saw Patrick Harbison on the credit. Someone can let me know uh, if I have that wrong. And my name is Matt Murdoch. I am from homelandfielddivision.wordpress.com, and that's where you can find links to let me know if I was wrong about that. Also want to give a quick shout-out to Brian in Japan, who followed me over from the Game of Thrones podcast that I do called Podcast Winterfell, he sent me an email uh, with his thoughts about the last two episodes of Homeland as well. And you should feel free to do so as well, and maybe somewhere down the line I can collect all the feedback together and put it in a special feedback episode. But these podcasts are really just kind of a real short spouting out initial thoughts about what I saw on the particular episode. Once again, homelandfielddivision.wordpress.com. You can find the email link, the Twitter link, and uh, the link to the iTunes store, which is how you're getting this naturally. Please leave me a review while you're at the iTunes store. It it can help me improve the show, and uh, it makes me noticeable among all of those other great Homeland podcasts that are out there. So thanks in advance for that. Let's talk about this episode, Iron in the Fire. In prior podcasts, it was pretty easy to divide things up by character and talk about the characters, but now we've actually got some stuff happening. We're four, four episodes in, and we've got a lot of questions answered. we got a lot of new questions. Everything is getting pretty cool because it's all turning back to the spy game, not just having to orientate us to the world or the initial mystery. Now we're getting some cool stuff, right? And, of course, the biggest reveal is the fact that this terrorist who Carrie thought she had taken care of with that drone start strike in the very beginning episode, is still alive. And evidently has gotten some help from someone in the ISI, that's the Intelligence Directorate in Pakistan, to help him out with that. And it all links back to all of this stuff that we've been seeing so far, and especially to IN as far as Carrie is concerned. Carrie and Farah have been working the IN thing since last week, of course, and we find out this week that he loses his that supply of drugs that he tried to get out of the dorm room and to a safe place because his friend's father destroys it and reports him to the university, which puts him in kind of a spot, and he comes to comes to Farah and Carrie and asks for money so that he can replace it, which leads Farah to follow him, which leads to the reveal that this terrorist is actually alive. And on the side of all of that, we get other answers about where Sandy got those secrets to trade with who I guess is probably this female operative that we met that is meeting with the ambassador's husband uh, to blackmail him into doing something for them. It's all a, a lot more tied in web than I expected. Sometimes I think even from a realistic 
point of view, most of these kind of elements are all pretty disparate in real life uh, when they happen. But here, it's nice because it's it's all just kind of webbed around everything. It's webbed around the ambassador. It's webbed around Sandy. It's webbed around the the ISI. I mean, there's some great reveals. Why is the ISI involved in covering up the death of this terrorist? Why would they assist in taking out Sandy, releasing that press thing to make it look like that everything was a mob, that this Ghazi guy is, uh, you know, coordinated? They identify that. And on top of all of this stuff, Carrie's not only dealing with all of this, she's trying to manage Quinn. She's trying to manage Ian. He's, she's trying to manage her own office because this guy that is uh, having her tail from within her own office, and he says it's for safety, but do you really believe that? There's so many things going on in this episode that it's hard to organize it into a, a single stream of progressive thought for me. That's my bad as a podcaster, I guess, but I just I love that all of this stuff is coming together. It's It's setting all kinds of pieces into play for what I think is going to be a really fun rest of the season. And if you weren't on board with this, the new season as of yet, I think you could probably get on board with it now because now it's starting to get exciting. <gasps> okay, I'm going to take a breath <laughs> and try and slow down and just start with Carrie. There are so many gray areas to Carrie, and we've seen a whole lot about Carrie that we just really don't like this season so far. Do you count her seduction as Ian as one of those things? That is a question to ask. Um, you know, she seems a little hesitant when she looks in the mirror, like she's regretting having to go through this. She kind of hesitates when he says he's never done this before. So at least you see a little bit of remorse in there. I thought her talk with Quinn was pretty cool. However, she missed the whole point of Quinn telling her about, how his covert life has destroyed him more or less she, she that that point just glossed right over and it was because he was so driven right a drug going from the next thing to the next to the next and that's exactly what carrie is doing evidently according to everybody she's not sleeping very much she'd rather stay up all night to to look up gazi's photo and to try and connect him with the database who that guy who's having her followed helps her out with it's all really interesting play and and carrie's i guess you could say she's keeping it together but at what point will it unravel you know at least she's got some good plays in place she got saul to get into that intelligent officer and talk to him and rattle him up so that she could try and and track gazi of course that didn't pan out so much but because pharaoh was following Ian they found out a whole lot of more important information. Like Carrie said, it was a game changer. But it still shows how dogged and ruthless Carrie can be too because she never has any intention of helping Ian out in terms of asylum or anything like that. She even uses the excuse that he might be, you know, a party to this terrorist that they're, they've now found out is still alive. Even though I think Farah points out that the drugs could be for anything could be for a cousin or whatever you know maybe the the guy's son um what are the drugs for 
why why is I doing that? And uh, I think that that's kind of a neat thing. They're almost kind of making IN, uh, I think as uh, our friend Brian in Japan pointed out to me in an email, they're almost kind of making IN kind of like the Brody character, the ambiguous character who you can't quite figure out. And they did that really well this episode. But I really do now just kind of perceive him as a scared kid. And I don't know that that whole drug thing is anything malicious. Um, it certainly would keep him out of a school. And I think Carrie almost gets caught in the lie when she tells him she can fix that. Doesn't really seem all of that big in terms of everything else that is revealed in this episode. But I kind of feeling that in the long term, all of this stuff with, with A.N. is going to be a lot more important than just the who's and the what's of, of what we found out this week. But I swear to God, I will stop watching this show if Carrie ends up with another Brody baby. I mean, that would just be too much, right? And I don't know if there's anything more really to say character-wise for Carrie, but the plot-wise, I mean, there's some, there's, like I said, there's some great stuff. Let's talk about this woman who and and Professor Boyd, who who are two new characters. Boyd is, of course, the husband of the ambassador who was Saul's one-time fling. It's like I said, it's just all this really weird, closely connected web that just could never happen in real life. But nonetheless, this girl, who is she? She tells Boyd that Sandy spoke highly of him. So. That leads me to believe that she was the informant, the person giving the terrorist information. The question becomes, why? And who is she exactly? Is she working for the ISI? Is she working for the terrorist network? There's got to be some kind of connection between this particular terrorist that's still at large and the ISI because they're doing everything they can to help cover up the fact that he is still alive. But what is her play in it directly? Does she work for the ISI? Have they been feeding some of this information about other terrorists to the United States, to Sandy, the whole time? And why suddenly flip? What's that about? Is it about creating anti-American sentiment for some reason? Obviously, that's what I thought initially at the top of this series when we first started watching it. But I just don't know. I can't figure out exactly what the play is. If it is the ISI that this girl is working for. If she's just working for the terrorists, why would she give up her own to Sandy? Or is it possible that many of Sandy's leads were faked? Because doesn't Carrie point out in this episode that the best way to get the the CIA or anybody else to stop looking for a terrorist is to think that they're dead. Maybe all of these terrorists are not actually dead i don't know if we've had any word about complete confirmation of some of these or not so i'm sure some of them had to be but who who would sacrifice their life in that way for a greater cause or just for this one person there has to be a big play ahead for this one terrorist he must have some great plan orchestrated in order for everything to be this much trouble I mean, if you're going to get an intelligence agency involved, of course, granted, I don't know how compliant Pakistan government is with terrorists. I don't know what the show is trying to imply there. 
is it just a faction within the ISI that is controlling all of this? There's just so many things that could that it could be. But I'm wondering now if none of Sandy's leads actually panned out, especially if this woman is working for the ISI. I just that that would seem plausible to me. What do you think? You can send me an email, Homeland Field Division Podcast at gmail dot com if you disagree with me or if you have a better thought because I'm really kind of at a loss right now. <laughs> and speaking of at a loss, Quinn, um, there there are these just kind of like deer in the headlight moments that Quinn has when he's around Carrie that's really scary. I used to kind of ship Quinn and Carrie. Now I'm not so sure that knocking boots would be the best thing for either of them. It's one of those things where I'm just kind of like... Yeah, I don't know. There's some real instability there on both sides, right? And uh, I, like I mentioned before, I, I like that Quinn was trying to tell Carrie that maybe she ought to just try and see where this path of just constant working this angle is going. But it, it is does pan out to be something huge. Always Carrie, she does things so wrong, but it always turns out to be for a great reveal or a great cause. It just seems to be the way Carrie is in this show but as far as quinn goes he had a tense moment in gazi's apartment right those cool little phone app that i guess is like clone a phone app kind of thing that he used in order to get the information and that's another big question why couldn't they trace the call why couldn't the call be traced uh was did i mean Maybe the explanation is Quinn did have to try and get away from there in a hurry. He got away from the phone in a hurry. Maybe it didn't all code completely. Although, they were getting the voice and stuff, and Carrie seemed to think that it was all working okay. But, if if they got a call that couldn't be traced, you would think that that would be from ISI, right? Because it was right after Saul had talked to the guy from the ISI just like Carrie said, that it was going to shake things up and he got his, his get-the-heck-out-of-there call. I mean, is Pakistani technology better than the U.S. technology in that department? That's an interesting thing to think about, too. Or is it because of some of these secrets that Boyd may have been getting from the ambassador's office to give to Sandy, to give to this informant, who that would then tie her with the ISI, I guess. I I mean, it looks like it's all going to the ISI if you look at it from that way, because she's if if she's getting that information, the intelligence information or or whatever information it is that Boyd extracted to give to Sandy to give to her, then maybe they have the way the phones co- go and they, they know how to avoid a trace from that technology. You wouldn't think that that would be laying around in the ambassador's office, but you never know. I mean, I'm sure the ambassadors have to protect their their phones and stuff, so maybe there's uh, information like that laying around. Oh, it's such a wicked web, and it and it's it, Homeland just likes likes to take an episode like this and just dump a whole bunch of things on you that takes you the rest of the season to kind of parse out and put together with whatever happens next, right? And in the meantime, they've moved on. They've moved on to, you know, what's next. I mean, even at the end of this episode, as I said before, there's Carrie with her hand on a kid's leg. 
a guy that she could care less about. And I don't know. Like I said, I think she's got a little remorse about it in at certain periods, but that's not going to stop her because she's dogged. But uh, and and how's Quinn going to react when he finds out about that? How's Farrah going to react when she finds out? They they seem to be kind of like the the moral compass for Carrie in a way, uh, continually in this episode. And Saul seems to be just kind of like the guy in the distance. I I liked his play. This guy had Saul's got friends everywhere. I mean, he's got this friend here in this private club in Islamabad that, you know, evidently no American has been allowed into since the attack. And he gets in, no problem, because his friend's there and who's got influence, a general, I guess, who has friends in the ISI that gets Saul to, to, to make that play in order to try and shake up the ISI and get him to get to Ghazi. And that wasn't even what turned out to be the great reveal of this episode. I mean... Wonderful. The ISI is involved, but the fact that they're involved with a terrorist who Carrie thought she had killed, that's the big thing. And Saul's part of just almost more like an operative part of it. He's taken the 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 step back from mentor to to being just kind of a operative guy, which is fine. That's cool. He still is somewhat the mentor i mean he even tries to warn carrie i guess kind of in a in a little bit of a way when he talks about the fact that that quinn called him and why would quinn call saul and talk about that what do you think that says about quinn i mean quinn is like i think he's losing it um he kept his cool in the operation but that's probably more like muscle memory but what's going to happen to him now I, i i don't know I'm just, I'm worried about all of them. I'm worried about all of them. The, and the the twists and turns of, of the, the plot, the whatever is going on with this ISI, this terrorist, um, and everything that happened with Sandy, it's all there to, to muddy the water additionally on top of the emotional muddy water that's, that's flowing around in this episode. It's a fantastic episode. And uh, I don't know that I have too much more to say about it because... I don't want to. I don't want to spend too much time just going off on tangents and boring you with that. But I hope I got most of the big questions out there for you to ponder. Questions I'm sure you have yourself. Hey, become an asset. Tell me what you're thinking. Tell me what your observations of the episode were. Again, send the email to Homeland Field Division Podcast at gmail dot com, or you can find the links for it or the Twitter or the iTunes store page at homelandfielddivision.wordpress.com. This is Matt Murdick. Thanks for listening to me ramble. See you next time. Bye. homelandfielddivision.wordpress.com